0: Amen. You may be seated. It is good to see each and every one of you here. I want to welcome you. Hope that you guys have all had a good week. You see up there on the on the sign it says, God is so good. And an amazing God is so good to each and every one of us. And during this, this time of year, we get to once again. Yes, we come right out of being thankful. We come out of a season of spending time with family and friends and, and just counting our blessings and naming them one by one and thinking about all the the good things that God has, has poured out on us as individuals. And then we, we go right into the expectation of Christ coming, of Christ entering into this world and being the Savior that we needed. I mean, how hopeless, how lost, how messed up, how far, far away from God would we be if that baby had not have come. We talk about it a lot. We've got to get a baby here. Over the next several weeks, we got to get a baby born. Through the essentials of the journey, we we got to get a baby to the earth. we got to get him into the manger. we got to have him born here soon. But, you know, I said God is so good, and we think about it. You can always say God is good no matter what the situation is, whether you're in a valley, whether you're on a mountain, wherever we find ourselves, God is so good. But, you know, as people in general, we're skeptics. I... I think humanity, we're just skeptical, period. Think about what Satan did. What was his his attack? What was his original attack there in the garden? Look over at Genesis chapter 3. We're, we're going to bounce to several verses this afternoon, but I want you to remember, I want you to see again and be reminded of what did he start with. He went with doubting God. What is a skeptic? A person who questions or doubts uh, proven, solid, grounded things. Here we are, we're headed into Christmas. And how many times have we sung those songs away in a manger? Oh, holy night. Just, just think of all the Christmas songs in the old Baptist hymnal. There's, I know y'all got a Baptist hymnal floating. Pre-COVID, there's a hymnal somewhere. Yeah, there it is. I've not seen hymnals during the COVID season. I know there's hymnals somewhere. But there's an entire section of Christmas music. And you know, for the general public out there that watches this and listens to this, they're skeptical. Here we are again. We we, we don't talk about a baby all year long. And then all of a sudden, we get all excited about a baby. They're skeptics. And and we, as humanity, we're naturally skeptics. In Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said? He brings into question what God had already told them. He had told Adam over in chapter 2, he said, Look, you can do anything but this. Don't do this. And here, Satan could have picked any weakness that you and I have. And what did he pick? I mean, he 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 had watched. We don't know again, we don't know the time frame. We don't know how long Adam and Eve had walked in the garden. It says they walked with God in the cool of the day. We don't know how long Adam and Eve, we're not given a time frame of that. But Satan had watched, Satan had listened, Satan had had, had picked his attack, you know he did, and what did he pick? Doubting God. Did God really say? Has God indeed said? Is it true? Did He really say it like that? Or, or are you sure you heard it right? Here we are. We we Christmas again. We get to that season of the year to where we we. Bring a baby into the world. We we this long expected Savior, the long expected Messiah who had been promised for hundreds of hundreds of years before. Isaiah some seven hundred years before Jesus came onto the scene, predicted it all, I mean to the letter how he would be born, where he would be born, who he would be born to, what town he would come out of. He had it down to the T hundreds of years before, all the way up 400 years before. Throughout Old Testament, you look forward. There is a forward-looking expectation of the Messiah coming. And many, can you only imagine, who lived during those quieter years, lived during the Malachi to Matthew, what, those 400 years of quietness. Where God wasn't speaking. Can you imagine the skepticism. That must have plagued. The churches. Those were difficult times. You think COVID is difficult. Imagine then. You think, you think what we go through today. With, with all that we face in our world. And in our governments. And with sicknesses and all of that. You think this is difficult. We can't imagine what they were going through. Back then. Can you imagine the skepticism. That must have, they knew the word, they had been told, they had heard that, hey, he's coming, hope is coming, Redeemer's coming. It's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. Remember, I told you that. And Satan was whispering. I can, I can only imagine. This is what he did to Adam and Eve. Guys, the whole point of God is so good is he's given us everything we need. The whole point of tonight is everything we need is right here. We don't have to question it. We just trust him. We don't have to question it. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to know the ins and the outs. But instead of going home now, since you know the rest of the story, we're going to stick through it. We sat around and we talked today a long time about, about some of the sovereign things of God, about the, the triuneness, the threeness of God. I don't get the threeness of God. I don't get God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three separate and distinct and yet one. I don't get all of that. I don't get the uh, complete 100% humanity of God and yet the uh, complete 100% Godness of Jesus. He was completely man and completely God. I don't get all of that. But you know, there's one thing about it. We don't have to get things we're not told. Think about that. We don't have to get it if we've not been told it. We've got to do what we've been told. But our skeptic nature is We know it. We've been told it. Just like Adam and Eve there in the garden, did God really say, has God indeed said? Let's pray. Father God, help us to see how good you are. God, you, you, Lord, our weakestness, is that even a word? Our weakestness, our weakestness, God, our, our messed upness, our flesh. Our fallenness, our simplistic heart that has to see it, to believe it, has to... Lord, we're so... We doubt. We can see it right in front of us and we just don't believe it. We you can tell us time and time again it's like it is just like God we're just like those disciples who stood with you there in the upper room after you had uh, had come back from the dead and you met them there and the disciples were with you and the bible says that some doubted Lord we're no different than them Here's Eve we see Satan coming her and has God indeed said Lord help us to, help us to Take the simple truth that you've given us and settle it and trust it and believe it and live it and apply it. God, you are so good. You knew we would be weak. God, you knew we would be weak and we would. Question things, and if we didn't have the answer, then we would skip it on. We would just move on. We, oh well, we'd we'd not consider it or not listen to it. Lord, God, you're so good. You've given us everything we need. I praise you for that. Speak to our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with me over to Luke. We're going to start in Luke one. Luke 1 is where we're going to agree, God is so good. He's so good because He knew we were weak. He knew we were skeptics. He knew we would, we would fall to the question, did God really say? I mean, this book is all we have. This book is all anybody has ever had. It's just the Word. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Look at what Luke did for us. Look at, we're going to look at what Luke did for us and who Luke is. Why is Luke so important? Why can't we trust this guy? Why can we trust this book? Why can't we trust this... See, see, God didn't just say, why can't we trust this book? Why can't we trust this guy? Luke. Who is Luke? Luke, in Luke chapter 1, verse 1, it says, "...inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us." So that right there tells us that, look... Luke wasn't the first by no means. Many people think Luke was one of the twelve. He wasn't. It's not Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Those are the Gospels. Those are not the disciples. Luke wasn't a disciple. Luke came on a long way later. The disciples were along with Jesus, what, around, let's just throw some numbers at it, 27, 27 A.D., 28 A.D., 29 A.D., 30 A.D. Luke showed up in the 50s. Jesus was gone. Jesus, was out of the, Jesus had done, died on the cross and ascended back to the Father, and then Luke comes along. He is one of Paul's traveling partners, and we'll see that in just a few. But many people think Luke was Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. He must have been right there with Jesus. No, Luke wasn't one who was right there with Jesus. Luke was, was a particular guy that God used in a very specific way. In as much as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, a lot of people have gone out and wrote stuff. There was circulating around this time. We're talking, we're talking 20, 30 years after Jesus had left. There, were, there was a lot of writings, there was a lot of word of mouth, there was a lot of things being said about Jesus. He says it right here. How do you know that, preacher? Well, inasmuch as as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the Word. I mean... These guys, they watched Jesus. They saw Jesus. They saw him walk on water. They saw him heal the blind. They saw him feed the 5,000, the 4,000. They saw this happen, and this is what they said. Luke gets an eyewitness account. Uh, Skeptic by nature. and You say, well, why are you you on Luke? Well, look over at chapter 2. We're going to go back, but I just want you to see why we're in Luke you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard this ever in your day? Now in those those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. You ever heard that story? That's the Christmas story. Chapter 2, we get into the Christmas story. That's where we are. We're here in December. We're getting to the manger. Luke gives us more detail than any other gospel. Some jump right into his ministry. Luke gives us, Luke jumps way back further than any of us and sees John the Baptist's parents. Luke tells us so much detail. It's important to note that. It's important to realize that. Others had had been writing it down, but Luke says, look, I have gone to great lengths to Find out what they've been passing around, what they've been passing down, what you've been hearing. They've been, they've been doing a little chicken scratch and got a little note over here and a nugget over here and a, and a nugget over here and that one over there said he saw this and this one over there said he saw that. I, I wanted to bring it all together and do the research and write the book. And that's what Luke does. So with us skeptics by nature, you can trust this guy. Isn't it interesting? God is so good that He... he the, the We've been waiting on this long-awaited Messiah for all this time, and He did not use... And I hate to say this. He didn't use Paul. Because Paul, you know, he was a bad guy in the beginning. Luke was never a bad guy. You know, he didn't use Paul. He didn't use one of the other disciples. No, God used this one. God used Dr. Luke. Trusted Dr. Luke. Faithful Dr. Luke. To go around and, 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 and talk to all the eyewitnesses. This is what he did. This is what it looked like back then. So tell me. look, Read on down. Read on down. It seemed fitting for me as well. Having investigated everything carefully. From the beginning to write it out for you in consecutive orders. Most excellent Theophilus. So what did you see happen? 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 This was not one person. It was it was everybody. Everybody. He got all the information from everybody. I settled It seemed fitting to me, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it down for you in consecutive orders, most excellent Theophilus. Why? So that you may know the exact truth. Guys, in a world where, listen, think about the lost world out there. They see our trees go up year after year. They they have the same trees we have. They go to the same Walmart that those were bought from, or Lowe's, Lowe's, that those are bought from. They buy the same trees, they put the same wrapping paper, they put the same presents under them that we put under them. The lost world and the saved world, we got the same trees, we got the same poinsettias, whether they're yellow, red, white, pick a color poinsettias, we got the same. Yet we're a bunch of fools that walk in here and sing oh Holy Night and away in a manger and talk about these shepherds and talk about these magi from the east and we talk about all this stuff I mean guys I was I was preparing more today for the weekend than I was for tonight and I was doing a lot of looking and there's a lot of lost people out there still There's thousands of people groups that still have not heard of Jesus I mean, straight up haven't heard the name of Jesus. They've never heard the name of Jesus. Can you imagine? We talk about Lottie Moon and the the Christmas offering. And we talk about the missionaries, international missionaries. We used to be 5,000 or so. Now we're like, what, 35, 36, 3,700 or so that's out there in the world. And we're trying to reach the nations with the gospel. And there's still billions of people that have never heard of Jesus. And they hear us and they look at us and we're fools. We light these trees and we, we play these songs and we say these songs over and over and over and over. And what in the world has bewitched you? What has brainwashed you to make you stop your day when you should be home eating, resting with your shoes off, kicked back, ready for tomorrow? Why would you in the world would you want to come in here and listen to this guy run his mouth again? Luke says, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. God is so good in that we don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to, we don't have to step back and say, is this stuff real? This whole baby thing. I've been coming to church all my life. I was drugged to church. My wife drugged me to church. Now my grandkids are dragging me to church. And about Christmas time, them trees go up and them flowers go up. And we start singing away in a manger and this baby stuff. What is the deal? Because there's so many that still don't believe it's the exact truth. Oh, now I don't know about that preacher. Guys, you know what? Um I'm convinced this town needs more evangelists. This town needs more harvesters. This town needs more of us going out there telling them about Jesus. This town needs more of it. I don't care if we got masks on. I don't care if it's COVID. Think about what Satan's doing did God really say and now he's got us hid behind a mask and we can't touch and we can't talk and we can't do anything and we can't go close to Him, and they're just dying and busting hell wide open faster and faster and faster and faster and here we are as the church. So that they may know the exact truth. What is the exact truth? This, this same Luke. Let's just look at Luke. The same Luke. Look over to Acts. The same Luke you got the book of Luke and you got the book of Acts. The same Luke, the first account, Acts chapter 1. The first account I composed Theophilus about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. So this same Luke... The same eyewitness Luke, not one that ran with Jesus, but one that came along years after Jesus, who had done the research, who was a believer because he God called him to himself and God used him in a mighty and a powerful way. He wrote the book of Acts. So so when we read, when we read this story, this story that we're gonna start reading, we're gonna start dabbling into soon, this whole Luke chapter two. You get into Luke 1, and you see uh, Zacharias, and you see Elizabeth, and you see the baby come, and you see uh, the angel come down, Gabriel, and say, look, you're going to have a child. And There's so much that's there. And you see the baby born, and you see his ministry start. Luke gives us so much stuff. In Acts, look over in Acts. Look over in Acts chapter 16. Something transitions. It's interesting that we we see it. And and everything Luke is writing, he's talking about somebody else. They did. They did. They did. In Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 9, we read this. A vision appeared to Paul. He's been talking about Paul. He's he's been saying they and he and that group and them over there. But a vision appeared to Paul in the night. So who is this Luke? Luke? Who is this Luke that wrote this, that went around with his notepad and pen and paper or microphone or whatever he used in the day? Who is this Luke guy? Well, Luke in Acts, he says, Luke, I started in Theophilus and now I'm going to continue. I'm going to tell the rest of the story. In Acts chapter 16, verse 9, a vision appeared to Paul to the night a man of Macedonian was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And notice what happens in verse 10. Look at it. When he had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God called us us. No longer them, that group over there, they, Paul, he, him. No, it goes to we. We sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothros and on the day following to Neapolis. Luke gets on the journey. Luke is with him. Turn over. Turn over. Look at Colossians. I want you to see it. Colossians chapter 4. Who is this Luke? How can we trust him? Why should we trust him? Why should we believe the Christmas story? Why should we believe all of this? Why should we believe this baby story? Who is this guy? We're skeptics by nature. We're doubters. How in the world? Colossians chapter four verse fourteen. Paul writes to the church of Colossae and says, "Luke, the beloved physician, sends you his greetings and also Demas." You know when Paul was at his bottom, when Paul was at the very, very bottom of his like life, he had Luke. One more place, to Second Timothy. I love Second Timothy. I like Second Timothy. 2 Timothy is kind of Paul's farewell. It's his parting words. It's his final words. But he gets, he gets really sad. It gets kind of pitiful at the end of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul says this over in verse 11. What if you were in a cold Roman dungeon knowing you're not coming out? In a cold Roman dungeon, cold rats. Imagine cold, dark rats. You're not getting fed. You know this is the end. Period. There's no getting out. This isn't house arrest. This is cold dungeon conversation here. This is a different letter, different theme, different tone, different everything. Here's Paul. All alone, but only Luke is with me. Who is this Luke that God used to write the Christmas story? Who is this Luke that God used? That's a guy who loved Jesus. It's a guy who, who, oh, who we can trust, we can believe, we can... It settles it. We're skeptics, yes, but it, it, it settles it completely of who he is so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. God is so good that he didn't, I say this, I've said this for a long time. God didn't leave us to wonder. God didn't leave us to guess. There's a bunch of stuff, it don't matter how many degrees, it don't matter. You can teach seminary, you can own a seminary, and you still ain't going to con- understand the Trinity you're still not going to completely understand the rapture. You're still not going to completely understand God's complete. Jesus is completely man and completely human. You're not going to get it. Satan knew that was our weakness. Satan knew that was a, did God really say, did God, did that baby really, was that baby really Jesus? Was that really Jesus? Was he really the Messiah? Even his his own brothers, even his own family, well, they say nothing good, nothing good can come out of that town. That's just a carpenter's son. That's that's Mary and Joseph's boy. You telling me he's God all of a sudden? Are you kidding me? They saw it and they didn't believe. His disciples saw it and they didn't believe. And here we sit 2,000 years later, Well, the world of people out there looking at the church as fools. You know why? Because they just don't believe it. We're wasting our time. We're skeptics by nature. Isn't it good to... One of the things I like about the whole Luke thing is he had eyewitnesses. I mean, he went around and he did the research. He went around and he made a lot of bold statements. He's about to tell us over in Luke chapter 2 that the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world was to be taxed. And Mary and Joseph went to their own town and did the whole thing. And Mary was on her way and she had this baby. Think about that baby. I said it today. We were talking and it hit me. So I was thinking, think about this. Y'all just think about this. Just, to, just, just something to think about. For all of eternity, forever and ever and ever, go far back as you possibly can go, for all of eternity, Jesus' eyes never were closed. At no point had God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit always been. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Always has been, always, period, God. Jesus' eyes had never been closed. And yet, what did Mary do when he was born? She wrapped the babe in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And we can only assume that her baby did what our babies do. Eventually, he slept. Hundred percent God, hundred percent man. I don't get it, but he slept. Those eyes that had never closed. Guess what they did? They shut. That that voice that spoke into existence. Everything could not even put together an audible word. And say mama, or daddy, or hungry, or me. Jesus couldn't say me in the very beginning. He was a baby. It's crazy. Where do we get all that from? We get it from Luke. Luke tells us God uses Luke. God uses people. God used an eyewitness. I got so many stories I could tell you all about the last seven years. I could. I could tell you a lot of crazy stuff. It's interesting tonight. I got um, tonight my um, come come up here with me, Shannon. You're like, who in the world is this guy? Who is this cat? Oh, this is my chairman of the deacons from Excel. Y'all give him a hand so he can he can validate my claims. This is what it's like. Have I ever been with a? Somewhat semi-pro, semi-group of body-surfing crazy folks in the Pacific Ocean. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. True story. I have done that. Have I ever been chased by, uh, have, has a group of us ever been chased by iguanas in Costa Rica? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what else? What are some other claims? Have we ever been to one of the highest place on the planet? Uh, Chimborazo? have we ever been there? Yes. Have we ever seen? This is kind of so. I wish I wish she could sit back and, and and we got those three eyes in the sky. We don't know who's going to watch this, but I wish she could sit back and talk to us about what he and I experienced. God did in a group of people just like this right here. Did God do absolutely amazing things in a group of people just like this right here? Yes or no. Just yes or no. Wendy almost cried when she knew Shannon was coming to stay. Well, Shannon's an, an umpire, a referee, and he's going to be doing one of the state championship games tomorrow, the 3A or something like that, and she almost cried because a warm and fuzzy was coming up here with us. He was. She did. She really did. He's staying with us. Guys, there's something about an eyewitness. There's something about all of my claims. We did this, we went on these trips, we went here, we did this, we went there, we, we, we watched God do amazing things. We, Me and this dude right here, we literally, we watched meteorites fall. And what I mean by that is we saw God do some of the most amazing things together. He was right there, he was like right there with me. We saw God show out. You'll never say, you'll never hear us say we did anything. We watched God absolutely show out. There's something about eyewitnesses. There's something about, hey, I was there with you. Wendy's my wife. She's going to agree to everything. Yeah, I reckon, whatever he says. But there's some, you know, well, to a point. I did have her up here on stage. She was a tree. She played a good tree the other night. But y'all, this guy saw God do amazing things in a church just like y'all. And he took. Regular people just like us. And he did extraordinary things to us. And they were skeptics. They were skeptics. It had nothing to do with me. It had all to do with God. They were skeptics. Because they'd never seen God do anything like that before. I say this. And I told him when he was coming to the house, I'm like, I'm just going to bring it up. I don't even know what I'm going to say. But I'm like right now, emotional feelings. I don't know what I really want to say except cry. But there's no telling what God's going to do at Chapel Hill Baptist Church. And I'm telling the Wednesday night crowd that. There's absolutely no telling what God's going to do at Chapel Hill Baptist Church. And it has to do when we... Take that that it says right there. God is so good because He has given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. And He has given us His Spirit, and He's given us His Word, and He's given us His promise. And all He wants us to do is just really get out of the way. You know what Sunday morning is going to be? Surrender. Essentials of the journey surrender. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. You want to see God do amazing things? Get out of the way. You want to see God blow this place, blow these doors off, blow your heart off, blow your mind, blow your spirit, blow it away. Just get out of the way because you can't control God. You can't have your claws in things. You can't have your claws in stuff. You just got to surrender and let God be God. And when you start letting God be God, amazing things happen. There's story after story after story after story that I could talk about. And he could validate and he could say, yeah, that's true. Guys, we got a guy. We got the word of God here with us and it is true. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's given his spirit.